Thank you for listening in to this week's sermon from Restoration Church Bryan. To learn more about Restoration, you can find us online at restorationbryan.com. We are so grateful for all those who are able to listen online, and we pray the message encourages you and challenges you as you draw closer to Jesus. If you are not already connected to a local church, we would love to invite you to join us for worship. If you are listening from another city, we pray that this message is a great supplement to your walk with Christ, and our hope is that you would have a gospel-centered local church that you call home. Thanks again for listening. If you got your Bibles, Acts, Acts chapter 15, 36 through, through 41, uh, and, and, and we'll, we'll get there in just a moment. Uh, as, as, as some of you, or many of you know, in, in college, between my sophomore and junior year, I, I sold educational reference books for children door to door in North Carolina. I was, I was that guy. Uh, green book bag in tow, working 80, 80 plus hours a week, had to do my 30 presentations a day. Y'all, like we even had books selling cheers. Cheers that we would do in the morning. Uh, and we did it right outside the little restaurant, Little Smokies, where, where, we, where we would eat breakfast every morning. They, the locals thought we were crazy. Um, but as the summer wore on, uh, we would, uh, our, our, my territory extended further and further into the northeast North Carolina mountains. And, and there, was, there, was this, there was this one house that I knew, I knew had kiddos. Uh, because of my extensive sales training, I knew. Also because there were children's toys in the yard uh, in a swing set. And so, so I, I, I did this thing where because it was on my way out, uh, out of town to where the, the, my territory was, I, I, would, I, I would stop every morning and, and, and knock on this door because I was trying to catch them at home, maybe, maybe bef- right before work or as they were, you know, uh, if they were off on a Friday or Saturday. Uh, and, and I probably knocked on their door eight to ten times, um, but but they would never they would never answer uh, until until one day I, I think they got fed up uh, and, and they did they did answer uh, with a with a loaded pistol <laughs> pointed uh, at me and, and, and church fam I uh, I mean I've been in conflict before uh, but never like with my my life being threatened so so. Uh, 20-year-old college kid, naturally, uh, with a loaded gun pointed at me, I, I did what what any any probably anybody would do. Uh, I began to argue with the guy. <laughs> My wife hears this story and she's like, "What is wrong with you? Like, what what is something went wrong?" Uh, and, and I said, "Sir, like, I, I, I'm just a college kid. I'm just a college kid from Texas. I'm trying to earn money." I, I'm, I'm just, I'm selling books door to door. What in the world? And, and so it went back and forth for, for, for just a, a, about 30 seconds. Uh, but, but finally I, I decided I would, I, I got off his property. Um, I left. Uh, and, and so, and here's the deal. Church, you know what I did after that? I got in my car and I, and I went down the road and, and I went to the next house. In the next house. In the next house. Selling books, because here's the thing, that's what I was in North Carolina to do. That's what I was in North Carolina to do. Restoration fam, here, here's, here's the thing, we, we, all, we all deal with conflict. Uh, 
Hopefully you don't have guns pointed at you on a, on a regular basis. If you do, please, please don't follow my example. Uh, conflict, listen, conflict is, is unavoidable. Uh, some, of you, some of you are conflict uh, averse uh, and, and you, you hate it. You're going to avoid it at all costs, even, even when it's necessary. Some of you, man, you seek it out. And we're going to pray for you. <laughs> okay, seriously. Like you need to, you need to like do a, a breathing exercise on your Fitbit or, or uh, just relax. But here's the question. Christian, what, what, about, what about you? What's your, what's your mindset in, in conflict? And, and here, here's a question. Maybe what are you walking through right now? What are you walking through right now? What, what relationship or, or situation has you at, at your wit's end? Or, or what conflict are you facing that appears to have no resolution in sight? No resolution in sight. Church, as followers of Jesus, we, we will not live a, a conflict-free life. But we, re- we must remember that even in conflict, the goal is still the gospel. Amen? The goal is still the gospel. And, and this morning, we're, we're going to look at a, a pretty massive conflict between Paul and Barnabas that, that could have had disastrous consequences. Disastrous consequences for the early church. But here's... Here's, here's what they did. They stayed focused on the goal. And so this morning, I, I, I want to look at three things from the text that are going on in the text. And then we're, we're going to do it a little bit differently. Uh, I, I want to look at, at three application points on the backside of looking at the text. And so as, as we dive in and we look at verse 36, we're going to look at the strategy. We're going to look at the strategy. I want you to look at your neighbor and say the strategy. strategy. Look at your other neighbor and say the strategy. strategy. So, so verse 36 says this. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. So, so this was the strategy. Though God would lead Paul into new territory, the initial strategy was, was to go back to the Galatian churches. Now, of course, history, history will show us that God redirected this second missionary journey. They, they did they did indeed go into new territory. They went into Philippi. They went into Thessalonica and Berea uh, and, and Athens and Corinth. But initially, Paul recognized this, this great need for discipleship in the churches, these Galatian churches that they had just planted a year or so before. Now, what's interesting is, in addition, we know historically, Paul had just written a letter to Galatians. He had just written a letter to the Galatian church. And, and it, it's interesting because the content of that letter was, was primarily rebuking and calling the Galatians to account for stepping off the gospel and letting the, the Judaizers' heresy of gospel plus uh, plant roots in Galatia. And so, and so if you've been with us, like this is the aftermath of the Jerusalem council. So in the aftermath of their decisions that no salvation is by grace through faith alone, but for the sake of fellowship, Hey, we, we're going to do these things. 
Paul wanted to check in on the Galatian church. He, he wanted to make sure that the, the Galatian elders were standing firm, that they were, that they were holding the gospel line. That was the strategy. But then, then we get to the squabble. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, the squabble. squabble. <laughs> look at your other neighbor and say, the squabble. squabble. I feel like we need to bring that word back, right? We don't use that enough. Look at verse 37, and we'll go through the very first part of 39. It says this. Now, Barnabas wanted to take with them John, called Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement. Church fam, I have have four boys. Squabbles happen on the regular, daily, multiple times a day. Amen. My kids are, yep. But this squabble would have sent shockwaves, shockwaves through the early church. This was huge. Paul and Barnabas had been, y'all, they had been in the gospel trenches together. They, they had planted churches together. They had performed miracles together. They were, they were the ultimate gospel team. This, this was like 1998 Chicago Bulls breakup epic, okay? That's how my mind functions. I'm sorry. Bad basketball. It was unimaginable. Unimaginable. And, and, and as you look at verse 37, though it's not stated in the text, John Mark John Mark was the cousin, many believe the younger cousin of Barnabas. And so Barnabas, the son of encouragement, as he's already been called throughout Acts, uh, it, it wasn't just about giving a younger minister, uh, an up and coming minister, a, 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 a second chance. He's going to bat for his fam. Mark, Mark was blood, but Paul Paul had a different take, to say the least, to say the least. Paul, the text tells us, thought best. And and in in the Greek, that word thought best is oxio. It means to consider worthy. It's to consider worthwhile, honorable, or right. So Paul thought right. He thought best. He thought worthy not to take John Mark along on the journey. Paul says that he had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia. And it sounds innocent enough until you realize that Greek word withdrawn, it's this word aphastemi. It means to depart from, to turn away, and to forsake. And so he said, no, he, he ab- abandoned the work. Paul essentially is saying, man, he bailed. He abandoned the, the missionary work. And so church, understand what's going on here. Barnabas is is really primarily focused on the individual. He's focused on his cousin. He's focused on John Mark. Paul was more focused on the team. Paul was more focused on the overall mission. Barnabas wanted to naturally wanted to show mercy to his cousin, but Paul took a more hard line and saw John Mark as disqualified from being a missionary. Now, here's the key, and I, I need you to hear this. Paul didn't see him as a disqualified Christian. Amen? Didn't see him as a disqualified Christian, only as someone untrustworthy to make the trip and operate, check this out, in the role 
of a missionary. Who was right? Who was right? The reality is, I, I think we could take a poll e even in this room and it might go 50-50. It might go 60-40. But we, we really can't say with 100% certainty. In, in a way, in a way, both, both were right. Barnabas wanted to give John Mark a, a, another shot. Paul, Paul wanted to maintain a high standard for a team that needed to be living example and uh, living examples to these Gentile converts, these new Gentile converts. Because think about it, these, these new converts all over Athens and Philippi and all the different places going back to Galatia, they themselves were going to be tempted to fall away, to bail out when things got hard, when persecution set in and hardship arose. And so if one of the leaders on the trip is bailing, man, that doesn't look good. It's like this. See, this is, this is why, church family, we have scriptural standards and qualifications for deacons and elders in the church. As you look at passages like 1 Timothy 3, Titus 1, Acts 20, and other places. See, the issue, this is important. The issue is not, is there grace and forgiveness for, for Christians who fall. Rather, the issue is specifically around this. It is around qualification for roles of leadership and service. Years ago, a, a former church of mine went through this experience where, where the lead pastor had all sorts of, of character issues. Dude was printing his sermons off the internet. You know, I'm like... What is that, right? Like greatsermons.com. Uh, he's printing, he's printing his sermons up there. No, no prayer life. His family, his marriage was in shambles. And ultimately, he had this ongoing affair with a woman in the church. And in the aftermath, I, I heard that some of the church leaders wanted to just keep, basically just keep him as pastor, no questions asked. And they literally said, well, like we're all, we're all just sinners saved by grace in church family. That is absolutely true. But pastor elders are held to a, a higher standard of accountability. And just because you get forgiveness doesn't, doesn't mean you get your job. Just because you get forgiveness doesn't mean you, you, you get your job. And, and see, it's here in the text where things get, get real. Verse, verse 39, the first part says there was a sharp disagreement. There was a, a sharp disagreement. In the Greek, it's this word paroxysmos. And, and, and here's the sense. It, it, it's, it's a sharp disagreement, but the sense is intense emotional turmoil. Intense emotional turmoil accompanied, uh, especially expressed in words. Church family, this squabble, it got heated. It got heated in the argument. Check this out. It wasn't, it wasn't over doctrine. It wasn't over theology. It wasn't even over the missionary strategy that, that we just talked about. The difference of opinion was over the person of John Mark. 
And again, by way of reminder, because we talked about this in Acts 13, we don't really know why John Mark bailed. It, 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 maybe it was Paul's ascension to leadership over his, his cousin, Barnabas. Maybe it was the opposition that they encountered with Elymas in Acts 13. Or, or, or perhaps it was just the treacherous journey through the mountains, the hardship. What we do know is that it led to this heated dispute. And, and, and so I, I want to pause here and just say, church fam, like, let this moment kind of like sit in this moment. Because I think so often when we're reading the Bible, we can look at Old Testament and New Testament characters and we can get this, this idealistic picture. Like you can sometimes see them as like supermen and superwomen who, who were somehow exempt from temptation or, or trials or flaws, brokenness. But here at the, the, the end of Acts 15, I think we get a, a good like kind of reality check. A good glimpse of reality. Though Paul, listen, hear me. Though greatly used by God. Even, even inspired by the Holy Spirit multiple, in multiple times to write Scripture. The very Word of God that God intended. Paul was still a fallible and flawed man. And, and so was Barnabas. And here at the end of Acts 15, man, they had a good old-fashioned squabble. <laughs> Look at your neighbor say squabble. squabble. I, we're going to just bring that back, okay? Let me say this. Not all Christian arguments are justified. Amen? Don't hear what I'm not saying. But in this case, bo both, both had a valid point. I, I love how Kent Hughes says it. Kent Hughes says this. He says, our, our, our judgment goes with Paul, but our heart goes with Barnabas. Our judgment goes with Paul. And I, I don't mean judgment in the most negative sense of the word. Just like, hey, it may be right if this dude doesn't make this trip as a leader. Our judgment goes with Paul. Our, our heart goes with Barnabas. And we get to the end of 39 through 41 and, and we see the solution. I want you to look at your neighbor and say the solution. Look at, the, look at your other neighbor and say the solution. So, so 39, it goes on and says they, they, there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord, and went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. And so we see the solution. That though they could not, listen, they could not reconcile their very strong personal opinions about Mark. Here, here's what was resolved coming out of the disagreement. The solution was, check this out, the gospel. <laughs> Shocker. The, the solution was uh, gospel ministry. They parted ways, not seeing eye to eye, but they did not waver from the mission. Amen? Can I get an amen on that? Amen. They didn't waver from the mission. Barnabas cruised back to Cyprus, right, which was his homeland, uh, also, it was the first stop on their previous missionary journey. So he's got, he's got John Mark in tow to encourage the, the, the Cyprus church. Now, in, in retrospect, I, I, this is just me. I personally believe that that was probably the much safer journey. 
See, Paul snagged Silas and headed back toward Galatia, back toward through this rugged mountainous terrain, this robber infested territory uh, uh, through the territory which they had already traversed before on the first missionary journey. Now, another side note, it was team Paul that was commended by the church at Antioch. That's not to say that Team Paul was right and Team Barnabas was wrong. It's just to say that Luke, the author of Acts, documented this blessing in Acts 15. And so we, we, get, to, we get to some application. And, 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 and as, we, as we talk application, especially if you, hear, you were here last week, you may be thinking, wait, 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 wait. What about, the, what about the unity in verse 22 through 35? I, I, thought, I, thought they were all, I thought it was all about unity. There doesn't seem to be unity in 36 through 41. Church, this is a case of orthodoxy versus orthopraxy. And here, here's what I mean by that. We can disagree at times on people and practice, right? Amen? Happens all the time. We can disagree on people and practice, but what, we, what we've got to agree on, what we've got to dial into and lock in on is that essential doctrine and truth of Scripture. Amen? The, the sovereignty of God over all of creation. Amen? We've got to dial in on the authority, the inerrancy, and the, the sufficiency of Scripture. Amen? We have got to dial in and be unified on salvation by grace through faith alone in Jesus. Amen? So church fam, there was unity. There was unity around the gospel. Paul and Barnabas just differed on how they saw the John Mark situation. Now, now one, other, one other thought before we, we dive into our three application points. Church, this, this incident did not, did not catch God by surprise. Amen? It didn't catch God by surprise. The, the squabble, though, 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 pretty, though pretty stinking serious... Uh, it didn't lead to the decimation of the early church. I love, I love how Tony Evans puts it. Evans says this, Though Paul and Barnabas would part ways in God's providence, their gospel impact would be doubled. It would be doubled. Tony Evans says this, God knows how to take a mess and make a miracle. Dr. Evans says, God, God knows how to take a mess and make a miracle. But, but here, here's... here's Here's where we, we, we got to say, what, what, do we, what do we do with this story, right? <laughs> what, what does this mean for the church today? Like Christian, what, what does it mean for you? Here's, here's the first point of application. Christian, don't lose your bearings. Don't, don't lose your bearings, amen? Once you look at your neighbor, say, don't lose your bearings, so, so a couple weeks ago, right before, right before the kids went back to school, we, we, headed, uh, we headed to Typhoon, Texas uh, with, with our kiddos to celebrate uh, Titus's 10th birthday. And, and so we're, we're doing the lazy river, we're doing the slides, we're, we're swimming. Like I hung out in the kids' pool for like, uh, it seemed like hours with Ruthie lounging in what I knew was pee water. Um, and I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this, watching five 
children 3 to 12 in a wave pool uh, increases your blood pressure by 200 points. <laughs> See, it, it was super easy because you had 20 minutes where the waves aren't on and then 10 when they're on. Super easy when you're just kind of hanging on your little tubes and, and like the waters, you're just looking out. Okay, Luke and Levi, okay, Rue's got her floaties still on. That's good. Ben, Todd, you're, you're kind of surveying the, the, the landscape. It's easy to keep your bearings when the water's still. It's a lot more difficult when those waves start crashing over you. And listen, like that wave pool in conflict, it is so easy, church family, to lose your bearings. And so often you, you, you forget what's important. You, you get so focused on being right you, you, you get so focused on asserting your rights. You get focused on making a point. You, you get focused on sniping down any opposition or, or anyone uh, that disagrees with you that you can forget the mission and the goal. And it happens all the time. Listen, church family, conflict, conflict is unavoidable because people, people are broken flawed sinners and real relationships are, are messy amen so conflict is unavoidable the tragedy is not that we get into conflicts in the first place it's that we lose our bearings in the midst of it it's that we lose our bearings and some of you some of you are in the midst of conflict right now your your marriage is in conflict you're in conflict with your parents. You're in conflict with your children. You're in conflict with a coworker. You're in conflict with a neighbor, a roommate, maybe someone that you called friend. And, and I say this, I say this as graciously as I can, but some of you have completely lost your bearings. You have completely lost your way in the midst of it. You have lost sight of Matthew 6.33 where Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness. And the thing about that verse is there, there's no exception clause, right? Jesus doesn't say, Seek first uh, the kingdom of God and, 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 and the righteousness uh, of Jesus, uh, except when that, that guy or girl breaks your heart. Seek first the kingdom of God and the righteousness of Jesus, except when that, that family member or, or that friend breaks your trust. Except when someone has a different perspective or opinion on that hot button cultural issue. Or except when there's no, uh, uh, no quick resolution. No. The kingdom call, it must remain supreme even when the, the waves of conflict are crashing around us and over us. Listen, like, I know, I know that this is a, man, this is a crazy, radical idea. This is wild. But knowledge doesn't end with you. Like, like, you are not omniscient. I know, I know. I, I don't care how many NPR, Politico, CNN, Fox News articles that you've read. Your name is not Solomon. Unless it is. But you're not the OG Solomon. Okay? <laughs> this is crazy talk, but hear me out, right? Like, wild Sometimes people 
with, with all the information. So it's not a, a matter of like who's smarter, who with all the same information can look at an issue and two people can see the same thing two different ways. Wow. And sometimes it's not always as clear as we think it is. Sometimes it is. And sometimes Scripture is, is explicitly clear. But sometimes, hear me, sometimes we're just taking Scripture and twisting it and contorting it to fit our, our point of view, our worldview, our ideology, and our agenda. We must fight for humility Christian, take a, take a breath this morning. Breathe deeply the grace of God that was poured out over you when you were a sinner bound for hell. And know, know that you can't always avoid conflict, but you can keep your bearings in the midst of it. Second, second point of application is this. Don't, don't lose heart when the resolution isn't immediate. Amen? Don't lose heart when the resolution isn't immediate. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, don't lose heart. Church family, when they parted ways, there is no, nothing in the text that indicates that they like bro-hugged it out. <laughs> There's nothing in the text that indicates that like the following summer, Paul went to Barnabas' family barbecue and they just grilled and like dapped it up and man, you're, it's okay. There was no immediate resolution in terms of them coming to see this the same way in terms of mutual agreement and yet they they were willing they were willing to kind of sit in that tension while continuing forward with the strategy and with the mission and here's what we know here's what we know ready Later, Paul spoke very favorably of Barnabas. And later, in Paul's subsequent writings, he acknowledges the worth of Mark. And not only that, it is very evident that he and John Mark had reconciled. In fact, in fact, at the end of his life, Paul wrote 2 Timothy, believing that his days were numbered, that his life would soon be poured out in martyrdom. He talks about this in 2 Timothy 4. But Check this out. At the end of his life, when he felt all alone and he's writing to Timothy, there was one man, there was one man that Paul requested that Timothy bring with him. It was John Mark. Right before, right before his martyrdom, he says in, in 2 Timothy 4.11, get Mark and bring him with you for he is very useful to me in ministry. One man that he wanted by his side at the end of his life. Wow. Church, I, I, don't, I don't know, I, I don't think I'm called to be a, a long-term missionary. I, I, have, I have the stomach of a, of a 90-year-old elderly woman. <laughs> a few years ago, like I got sick eating like street tacos in Guatemala. <laughs> my chief concern, maybe not my chief concern, <laughs> a, a, a top concern of mine in Kenya two years ago uh, was AC <laughs> because I, I sweat like a banshee when it's over 76 degrees. A pastor friend of mine years ago told me about a, a, a trip where, where 
Uh, he, his adventures years ago, dodging border guards in Iraq as he was snuggling, snuggling, smuggling Bibles. He wasn't snuggling with the Bibles. He was smuggling Bibles through these border, these, these, these border uh, checkpoints. And, and, and I, like, I, like I'm, I'm listening and I, I'm, I'm loving it, but I'm like, man, I, I would have I peed my pants, right? <laughs> Here's the point, church. History reveals that though John Mark may, and I want to emphasize may, not have been a stellar missionary, he was discipled by Peter. And based, check this out, based on the eyewitness account of Peter, he would write the Gospel of Mark. In the emphasis of the Gospel of Mark, it is on urgency and action. And listen, John Mark had come full circle. The one who had abandoned, he had abandoned the work of God, ended up writing the Word of God. Amen? Wow. And the resolution between Paul and John Mark would come much later, but in the midst of conflict, these, these men did not lose heart. Christian, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. This isn't a license to go be a jerk for Jesus. But on the other hand, it, it's, it's also not a license to sit in dysfunction uh, and passivity either. Romans 12, 18 tells us, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Strive for peace. Strive for building up the church, Christian, but don't lose heart when the resolution isn't always immediate. And the last point that I want to make this point, and, and, and I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this point of application. Don't lose sight of the gospel. Amen? Don't lose sight of the gospel. See, this is the heart of God in the midst of your conflict that you would not lose sight of the gospel. The goal is and always has been the good news of Jesus Christ crucified for sinners and raised victorious over sin and death. So, so let's, let's think about Let's look at how Jesus handled the greatest conflict of all time. Think about it. Man was at war with God in rebellion and unbelief. God, I don't want you. I'll do it my way. Which that ripple effect has spread out and impacted every single one of us. Man was at war with God in rebellion and unbelief. And yet, Philippians 2, 5-8 says, Jesus humbled Himself and He poured Himself out. For the sake of sinful people who had done nothing to merit His grace. Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrates, He shows His love for you in this, that while you were still a sinner, Jesus Christ died for your sin. And Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 reminds us that, listen, He didn't wait. He didn't wait until you... you uh, had it all together. He didn't wait until you could do your part. He moved towards you while you were still dead in your sin. God intervened and He, he poured out His grace. Christian, He did the work. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 that Jesus, Christian, became your righteousness. 
That's how Jesus resolved conflict. That's how He resolved the ultimate conflict to restore image bearers back to right relationship with God. And, and so, and here we are, right? Here we are. How can we, we sit here and we, we hold grudges and we hold on to our position and our opinion and our, our, our rights while losing sight of the Savior who bled and died for every one, last one of your sins. See, the world, the world needs the church to get back to the mission of pointing to Christ as the solution for sinners. Not, not, the, not the Christ who supports your position or your, or your worldview or your, or your cultural ideology. That's not what the world needs right now. And even, even in conflict, hear me, the goal is still the gospel, amen? The goal is still the gospel. Y'all pray with me this morning.